1: The right of the people to keep and wear orange shall not be infringed. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at Q's Militia Podcast and follow on Twitter at Q's Militia.
0: Alright, what's up, Cuse Nation? Thanks for tuning into the Cuse Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it with your friends and family. We really appreciate it. Um, This episode, we're going to talk about the 2018 Syracuse football defense. If you didn't listen to the last episode, we did uh, a little bit of the offense. And then I want to talk about an article that I saw that um, might spark some interesting conversation. At SU Juice Online, we'll do that at the end. But first, um, Armchair—we we, we are affiliated with ArmchairAllAmericans.com Sports Media, okay? And they are currently in need of some Syracuse writers, and they want fans, just like they chose us to do the podcast. They want fans who are passionate about SU sports to write. Uh, there is potential money involved. It's not, you know, it's it could be some part-time money. But if you go to our social sites, I did put the application up on Facebook, at QS Militia Podcast, at SYR Ball on Twitter, at QS Militia on Twitter. So if you're interested, uh, the application is there. The other thing, um, thanks for your reviews and ratings. We really appreciate it. If you keep the reviews and ratings coming, uh, that would be awesome. It only takes a minute. And it really helps us uh, jump up in in iTunes as far as Syracuse sports category goes. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be picking maybe one a week. Uh, Once football season starts, I'll probably do one today. So I'll do that at the end of the show. But at the end of the show, you'll have to wait. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Or you could just fast forward to the end, right? (laughs) Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. So anyway, what's up, bro? How you doing? How you doing?
1: Doing good, doing good. How you doing?
0: I'm um, alright. So, um, okay. What what do you think is the biggest question surrounding the defense? Right now, they're trying to switch to kind of a four two five. Uh getting a smaller backfield, um, maybe have um maybe a little faster, a little smaller, but maybe trying to create some turnovers. I think there was a span in last year where they're the only turnover in like four games created by SU was a was an Eric Dungey strip on an, <laughs> After on he an threw interception.
1: That's <laughs> a great play, by so, the way.
0: Yes, yeah, a fantastic play. One You're of the done. better
1: individual efforts you'll see.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but you know that that doesn't say a lot for the for the
1: defense. Yeah, they didn't really create too many turnovers last year, Sean. Uh, the four two five to me is. Kind of a move. It's not like you're not going to see a 4-3. It's not like you're not going to see different looks. But I do think that it uh, has um, a lot to do with the linebackers that we lost from last year. Uh, yeah. We lost our Zahir, top four.
0: Yeah, Zaire Franklin, Paris Bennett, Jonathan Thomas, and Austin Valdez.
1: Yes, those four were our best top four linebackers. They were they were the guys. Uh, you know, You saw Andrew Armstrong. And a couple other, Brian Guthrie, who's supposed to be the starter this year, he played a little bit of defensive end. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the the experience that our linebackers have. I think um, another thing is, just like what you said, to get more speed out on the field and to be able to maybe help in the coverage because, you know, let's face it, we have given up a lot of big plays um, through the passing game since Babers, well, you know, always really. But, right. um, <laughs> you know, so that's, I think, a lot of what it is. And then I think it has a lot to do, again, with the depth of our secondary compared to the depth of, of the linebackers and just the fact that Antoine Cordy is, um, he's a proven, like, he was great coming up, stopping the run. Um, he's really good at coverage, just a really smart player, knows where to be. He has been injured the last couple of years, but it's senior year. It's his last year. And to have him step up in the nickel spot and um, be able to step up and actually just in all intents and purposes be that of the third linebacker, um, I think that because of his experience and his talent and and other things as far as the depth of our, our defensive backs, then we're allowed to do that. You know, if we don't have a, another strong safety or another free safety to take Cordy's spot, and there's nobody else legitimate back there, then they are going to have to put Cordy back there. But because we, I mean, to me, it tells me that, you know, Andre Cisco and a couple of these other new guys um, are pretty good back there. And, you know, they're confident to be able to move Cordy up, to be able to help the run game um, in the pass game down uh, near the trenches. So I think that's a lot of what it is. And But I, I do think that we can see it change, especially if we start to see um, us having a problem with teams that kind of line up with, you know, a fullback, a tight end, and try to run down your throat uh, because that's where you're going to need the size. And I don't know if Cordy's going to be able to to help in that situation if he's taking on, you know, blocks from the fullback and tight end. So um, we'll have to see. But, you know, it's interesting to see where they they have gone from last year to try to change things up. So
0: I mean, it seems like in in theory that it would work it would fix some of the problems i think that you know uh, you've got to, you've got to, in in the acc if you're not if you're not creating turnovers and flipping the field once in a yeah. while i mean it's going to be a tough go the offenses are just i mean they they were on fire last year and i don't expect to be much different this year so
1: no and that says a lot to the fact that, I mean, we were in a lot of games last year, a lot of yeah, games against right. a lot of good teams before Dungy got hurt. And that just says a lot to the fact that, you know, we could, we're we still in those games without turnovers. Um, so, again, I think it's subject to change. I mean, if one of those other safeties gets injured, you know, they might have to move Cordy back there and go back to a 4-3 or maybe put in somebody else at that nickel, depending on how comfortable Babers is with the player. But, I mean, who knows if a linebacker doesn't step up and prove – that he can come in there and then they're feel more confident playing a four, three. So yeah, I you, think it's all going to depend on the development of those two positions and actually the health of those two positions as the season goes on. So,
0: um, you know, you mentioned Cordy, he's a, he's a redshirt senior yep. and, um, you know, he's going to get a lot of playing time on with that four, two, five base. And he's probably going to be, uh, tested quite a bit too, seeing that, you know, he'd probably line up against some stout receivers, so it's going to be a good test.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do go to a 4-3 and bring in another linebacker if Cordy doesn't stay in and maybe go back and man that uh, safety spot and, you know, they sub out and stuff like that. They're going to be deep. They're going to substitute and stuff like that. But Cordy is definitely a player that he's out there. He's got something to prove. It's his last year, the last two years. He's been basically injured the first game of the season and out for the rest of the year. So... Uh, it's unfortunate for him the last two years, but this is kind of his redemption year, and uh, he's going to be out there as much as Babers can, can keep him out there. we so.
0: got uh, Chris Slayton on the line, 64309.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day,
0: um you might might remember that name because earlier this summer he set a new personal record and uh was it a school record
1: i do not know if it's a school record he he
0: squatted 670 pounds three times okay um last year he finished with 28 tackles 18 solo what were you gonna say
1: i was gonna say that he's uh his personal best is is, is over 700 as far as benching or squatting once. So, I mean, he has okay. been – he's squatted upwards of 700 pounds. So, it's a strong individual. One, and I time, personally right. – I remember him in the Clemson game, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh he took that out was, Kelly Bryant. Yeah, he took out Kelly Bryant. He also had a, a nice little uh, tackle when it looked like the quarterback was um, – going around the edge there, kind of slapped his foot and and got him down, and and he had a lot of good plays, and and he's one of those guys where he's probably going to be playing on Sundays, and he sees a lot of double teams. If you go back and look at a lot of the tape, a lot of the games, he is double teamed almost every single time, so uh, hopefully the rest of the defensive line can, you know, with the experience in another year in the strength and conditioning program, they can come in and they can help him out, so maybe other people might have to you know, or at least they can maybe take advantage of the double team a little bit better. But Chris Slayton is just an absolute animal.
0: Yeah, he is. Uh, I mentioned twenty-eight tackles, eighteen solo, eight and a half of those tackles uh, were for a loss, uh, along with the the one sack. So, oh, yeah. Um, who else we got? Who else you want to highlight here? Anybody in the linebacker position? Uh, uh, Kalen Whitner. Yeah, senior
1: Kalen, Kaelin Whitner and Ryan Guthrie. Uh, the, the weird thing about this, and I think it's going to change, but that is, it's they're they're seniors, they're experienced, uh, they know a little bit about the system. They uh, Ryan Guthrie, he was practicing with the linebackers last year, and then because of depth issues, and it was kind of the only way to see the field with how deep our linebackers were. But he took on a role of defensive end and came in, and he made some good plays, and he you know he got his playing time and, and did what he could. Uh, and Keelan Wintner, he actually came to Syracuse starting as a safety. Yeah, so yeah. this is two guys that, yes, they've been linebackers, but for Syracuse, they have not actually started for a line. they both started at different positions, and now they're right now our are, are starting linebackers. Um, with uh, We have Shyam Cullum. Uh, he is uh, – I don't know if he's a redshirt junior or redshirt senior, but he's, uh, he's basically been a – he's been – our best special teams player for the past couple of years. And he's kind of just been chomping at the bit waiting for his time. Uh, He's a backup right now, but there's no doubt in my mind um, that he's going to see the field. They're saying he's one of their better blitzers as far as attacking the quarterback. So, I mean, that's a playmaker right there. Um, And he's earned his time and the guys, he's really strong and just a good, good overall, just player and kid. And um, the other backup right now that they have is Andrew Armstrong, And he probably has the most experience out of any of the linebackers uh, that are coming back as far as, you know, game time just because of – I mean, Keelan Whitner, he he changed positions last year there, but Guthrie really didn't get too much experience. Um, They – like I said, it's going to change. They're waiting for somebody to step up. Uh, The other guys that we have to worry about as well as far as maybe coming into play is um, we have – Some guys, Nadarius Fagan, Kadeem Trotter, Lakeem Williams, who was a Juco transfer through this year. So uh, there's just a lot of of unknowns, but there is is talent there. It's just getting the experience, getting the gameplay, and and then getting there. So I think that there's going to be a lot of movement and a lot of growth in that unit this year. But it also is my most biggest concern, as going back to your first question from the beginning of the defense, is that's this unit is definitely the biggest concern, and hopefully, we can we can get the experience first couple games and not have too many injuries to some key players there, and and then we can get the job done.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit more about uh, the defensive backs. Then uh, Antoine Cordy he tweeted out this week. He said, "Best secondary I've ever seen since I've been at Cuse. These young bulls is fire." So. That's promising, right? thats
1: I'd say that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. So um, wh- what else we got going on with the with the defensive backs, cornerbacks, safeties, and, and so forth? What else is going on back there?
1: Well, again, like I said, just to be able to be confident enough to go to the 4 5 and move Cordy to uh, the Nickelback, is, that tells you a lot about the uh, – people that we have coming in and the depth that we actually have uh right now in the depth chart they have the uh, starting strong safety as evan foster and the backup strong or sorry and the starting free safety as andre cisco who is a um he's a, a true freshman so they um Evan Foster, he started last year at Strong Safety all year, so it's good to have him come back and have experience. and look like again, Andre Cisco, he's he came in in the summer and they've just been nothing but rave reviews and he's earned a starting free safety spot as true freshman, which is just great. Um, right now, backups uh, as far as safeties go. Uh, retro freshman Eric Coley, uh, Devon Clark, and then we also have uh, the Juco tra- transfer there, Dwayne Johnson. And, um, that's just, I mean, that's five guys right there, boom, off the top of my head that just, it, it, those are just the safeties. If anything goes bad, and, uh, Antoine Cordy, he can come back and, and help in that area as well. And, um, as far as corners go, we have both our starters back from last year, uh, Chris Frederick and Scoop Bradshaw. And, um, they're both, they both started last year. Some of them had injuries and, um, there was some learning, some growing pains, to say the least. But uh, the best thing about this is, again, just the depth and the people that have grown, uh, the, just the experience, um, the backups to those guys. Uh, Trill Williams, who is an, another um, true freshman that he's one of our highly rated um, recruits. We've talked about him before when we, in our recruiting shows, and they've talked a lot about him in camp and he is definitely going to contribute this year. He's definitely going to be on the field. Um, other names, Carl Jones. And um, we also have a guy, he got Michigan and John John Harbaugh tried to come in or Jim Harbaugh, I should say, he started coming in late in the recruiting period two years ago to try to get this guy. He's got a brother in the NFL, but Ifatu uh, Melifanwu. There
0: you go. Yeah,
1: something like that. Um, <laughs> I know I probably butchered I it. but I
0: wouldn't even have tried that, but go on.
1: Ah, uh, you know, E for effort. Y- yeah. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we just have, like, again, just going back to Antoine Cordy saying that, I think it just says a lot. It says a lot about uh, Babers recruiting, and it says a lot about the fact that, again, when we talked about over and over this offseason, it's it's the competition, the unknowns, the lack of experience, and there's so much talent. It's, they're just young to the point where just – the cream is going to rise to the top, and eventually, you know, by first couple games, we're going to actually see. So it's going to be interesting to watch because there's so many names, and I think more or less, a lot of this probably is not going to get panned out until probably after the Wagner game. So yeah, you
0: have that. I mean, I don't know if any of that new rule is going to apply too much to the to the defense, but you have that, you know, that new red shirt rule. You think any of that's going to allow Babers to? You know, move people around more than he would in the past. Uh, it-
1: well, the only person that I can really think that this could possibly help, as far as the defensive backs go, and the only name that I've seen, well, not true freshman names, but we've seen that Andre Cisco and Trill Williams. They're they're good enough. They're gonna they're gonna start or not start, but they're gonna see playing time. They're gonna contribute. So those guys to me personally isn't really the question. the, the one guy probably Cam Jonas, uh, he actually as during his junior year sophomore year, that kind of stuff, he had a lot of really good um, scholarship offers interests from really good teams. And he had towards ACL his senior year, I believe, or the off season between junior and senior year. And uh, the big schools, they kind of just they shied away they they kind of stopped talking to him. And we ended up grabbing him. Uh, The talent's there, but again, he's coming back from an ACL injury and not playing his senior year. So that's probably one guy to keep an eye out uh, as far as possibly being able to to catch up and contribute. Both, you know, not maybe not necessarily the mentally part, but the physical part. You know, he might not be 100% ready for the ACL, and you know, that might be one guy that somewhere between the end of the year might be able to get some games in and help.
0: All right. Well, we talked about. We talked about the DBs. We talked about the linebackers. We mentioned Chris Slayton. Um, who's yeah. going to be? Beast. Who's going to be up there with with that beast, Chris Slayton, on the line on the defensive line? Uh,
1: the guy that took over Kaden Samuel's spot uh, last year. Kaden Samuels. He was the guy who, in the beginning of the year, was starting opposite Chris Slayton as a defensive tackle, and eventually McKinley Williams. Ended up taking his his spot. I think his nickname is Bear. Uh, I don't know if you remember that YouTube clip or the Twitter clip or whatever where he did, like, some back handsprings or whatever. The guy is super athletic, nearly 300 pounds. Yeah, I
0: do remember that.
1: Yeah, so he is going to be starting next to Chris Slayton. And as far as the defensive ends go starting, it's going to be um, Alton Robinson and Kendall Coleman Alton Robinson put on, these guys put on a lot of weight. The defense ends this year. Uh, and I think that both of them, I mean, if you remember last year, Alton Robinson, he, he came in, I think like a couple of weeks before the first game. And he ended up coming in, hit the ground running and, and it, it, he was a big contributor last year. So, it's nice to see that he's put on some weight and he's ready to go. He's experienced, and it's going to be nice with him and Kendall Coleman. Kendall Coleman, he's been sitting out a little bit, um, sitting out some of the scrimmages because of some injuries. But uh, they say he's going to be good to go. So those are the starters as far as um, you know the defensive, defensive line goes. Uh, the backup defensive tackles – um, I don't know if you remember Josh Black. He started at defense and he's been playing defense and he put on a bunch of weight and has been moved to the middle and they think his long arms and his uh, athleticism is really going to help him there. Another one, KJ Ruff. He's a junior, I believe. Uh, yeah, junior that um, he's been a D-tackle for the past two years, so he's going to be pretty solid there. Uh, Shaq Grovsner, he's another one and also uh, the fullback there, Chris Elmore from last year, the big boy. Um they moved him to D tackle this year. So he's gonna be in there helping. And um as far as DNs go, we've kinda of had a little bit of a tough go there with some some transfers. Uh after Alton Robinson and Kendall Coleman, uh we have Brandon Barry and um Jonathan or Kingsley Jonathan. I'm sorry. Um those guys are the the main backups, but they are still again, they're kind of um inexperienced a little bit there uh and we had a a zach morton who was defensive and he actually got injured he's going to be out for three to four months and that's really kind of thinned out the defensive end so they've actually moved uh tyrell richards who was a linebacker redshirt freshman sat out last year linebacker uh he's um they moved him to defensive end to help there so overall i think our defensive line is is more experienced and and more and and better as far as last year goes are bigger faster stronger uh but hopefully they can they can hold the depth i think our defensive tackles can but um the defensive ends we might have to look towards uh the linebacker core like we did at the end of last year to to kind of help out so again though hopefully we can get a couple guys calabachukwu he's uh i don't know if i said his name right but um uh he's um... – yeah, I know. I don't even know why I'm still trying. Uh... <laughs> no, you do
0: it, bro. Bro, you do it once. If you if you think you fail, you don't go back to it and try it again. It's always worse the second time.
1: Yeah, I know, but I forgot if there was an F in there. I think there might have been an FU in there. But
0: uh,
1: they – um, I don't know. They, uh, he's, a, he's a freshman, and there's a couple other guys there that are freshmen that could – uh, pop in if need be you know with those four games as far as the whole redshirt thing goes but uh, overall I think we're bigger faster stronger and more experienced there in the defensive line and hopefully it can hold up so that we can use that four-two-five if need be and teams aren't just going to sit there and run down our throat
0: right all right cool well is that it wrapped up
1: I mean let's wrap it up
0: that's wrapped up all right all right, so I understand we have technical difficulties right now. I don't know what it, I don't know what's up, but you're you're skipping, and it's all good. We're gonna push on. <sighs> I don't know I don't know why. Here you're coming back to life. The camera's back on. There we go. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. there I am. <laughs> there you are. Um, oh. So I saw this. I I. This this website's becoming one of my favorite websites really quick too. Uh SU Juice online. And they had this uh piece in there talking about oh, let me see if there's an author. Dang it. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, you're good. The author's not on here. Um anyways, cuz I printed it out. But anyway, <clears throat> it talks about how Baber Baber's has had to do in his part in proving to the fans, you know, he's captivated us. The guy is just you know, he's energetic, and he's just, you know, he's great. You feel his energy, and he, you feel like he's great for the team and everything. But, you know, after two, four, and eight seasons, I don't know who really expected much more than that. You know how fans are, dude. They want this instant satisfaction all the time. But you got this charismatic coach who really loves the game of football. He's, um, I feel like he puts everything into it. I love his attitude. I love his demeanor. But, um, you know, is this, is this is this Syracuse football program, first of all, is it on the rise? I would say it definitely is on the rise, without a doubt. Well, we'll know this year. I think this year is going to be a good year for us, and it's going to be also be a good test. But, um, you know, there was a point in the middle of last year where, um, what was his name, Jim McElwyn. Whatever the hell his name uh, is,
1: Jim probably. Jim McElwain?
0: Yeah, from from Florida, he got fired, and at one point Babers was said to have eight to one odds to become the next Florida head coach. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: You know, he obviously is in Syracuse. Nothing happened. Dan Mullen got the job down there, but mm-hmm. Babers was was there. He was in the mix, and so. You know, we're talking about a guy who 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 finished four and eight in the season. This was the mid mid part of last season, but. With that said, is there any fear for, for you, Joe? Now, not not talking about Baber's commitment, but when this guy becomes successful, he's got, there's no doubt that he's going to have he's going to have um, you know some really good coaches coming after him. This is his third year at Syracuse. He only spent uh, which will be the longest of his career tenure any, anywhere because he spent two years at Eastern Illinois, um, then he went to Bowling Green, then after two years in Ohio, he came to New York. And so, I mean, you've got teams like uh, Jim Harbaugh. He's floundering. Uh, they mentioned uh, Texas Tech was another one. LSU. Um, so these are places that could possibly pursue, especially a, a, you know, a successful Babers. And they pay more. Syracuse being a private school, Sir, uh, Babers' salary is $2.4 million. million and uh, what's his name? Mullen, he's about six. So you're talking more than double your salary. You got, you got prime time athletes. You got NFL players all over the field. And you have recruiting that's been in the top 25 since, I mean, since we can remember. And they're always up yeah. there, Florida, teams like Florida, Michigan. So, right. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, a catch, yeah. it's almost a catch-22 with the success of Babers. I mean, what can, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yes. The guy's a understand. hot
0: commodity. So I mean, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, I'll start by this. This uh, this story was was written by Chris McGlynn, oh, August go. seven, August seventeenth. Just you know, to give him his props. But um, to me, this is it's definitely a catch twenty two. Obviously, I mean, we've seen it before with Doug Marone. Yeah. Um, but again, too, it's one of those things where with the SEC, um. It's basically, yeah. They are they traditionally always paid a lot more for coaches because it's it's down in in football country, and they think they're the best conference in the in the nation, and you know this the expectations are so high. You know, I mean, the football, the, just, oh, the whole atmosphere there. is yeah. crazy, and the school uh-huh. they, they put so much money towards the football, and you know, but at the same time, like again, it's there's so much expectation put on you in a division or a conference where one to two teams have dominated it for the last two decades, decade and a half. Like right. it's just, to me, uh, it's so many times you've seen it even in the sec at some point. I mean, even as the coach comes in and they're a little successful at some point, they stall out around about where they are. And, and that's it. You know, I mean, you look at Kevin Sumlin with, with Texas A&M, he had Johnny Manziel in those couple years. And then all of a sudden he wasn't winning 10 plus games. And all of a sudden, they're calling for his head and this, this, and that. I don't know if that's where where you want to be. Sometimes coaches don't want to be there. So, again, um, it all really depends on what's important to, to Dino Babers. And I just feel like the SEC to me is kind of like the used car salesman part of the, you know what I mean, league. Like, go there, make a quick buck, you know. Yeah, I and there's, it, it's just it's tough, you know, because at the end of the day, Alabama and probably Georgia are going to end up, winning and meeting in the sec championship anyway you know so at the end of the day i just don't know if i think the sec more and more is not really becoming uh, a conference that 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 coaches want to go to i mean yeah you always want to be to the pinnacle but i do believe that there are some coaches and i think dino babers is one of them that believes that the acc is is right there and it's not as grimy and there's there's a little bit more class to it and there's a lot more um diversity as far as teams winning and and the ebbs and flows of how the divisions and the conferences goes so the competition and, and just how it changes is there's just not as much pressure you know and i just hope that and to couple this to be perfectly honest with you i think that this is surprising because there's an another article i read and i can't really think of the um where you saw it thought- where, well, where I saw something about – it was an article – I know what you're article. talking about. Yeah, it was an article about if Dino Babers goes 4-8 and eight or lower, then is it time to start calling for – so it's just so funny that one website can talk about like, oh, if he goes 4-8, and eight, he's on the hot seat, he might lose his job. And then on the other hand, you're talking about
0: – All these uh, – being, being – uh, you know, Yeah, the him being
1: on, be on the, the the long list or the short list, whatever you want to call it, of like some of the better, you know, like coaching jobs coming up. So, yeah. I mean it's a huge spectrum and that's really that's the the difference in comparison of, of, of just a fan that wants to see wins compared to somebody that's inside the, the program that sees the changes, that sees what's going on and sees the coach for what it is, you know. And you have to understand the situation and allow it to to prosper. I mean, you saw the the, the tweet that Antoine Cordy had saying that this is the best, you know, defensive back and talking about all these young guys and we see all these young receivers. We see Tommy DeVito chomping at the bits. You know, you see, you hear Chris Slayton say that this is the the, the best depth at the D-line, the D-tackle that he's had since he's been there. So you see and hear all these things, you know, and it's, you know, we got Tristan Jackson, that the, the four-star transfer from Michigan State, and Abdul Adams, the four-star running back there from um, transfer from Oklahoma that are sitting there waiting in the wings for next year, like – you see you see the depth. You see everything coming together. It's just there's too many people that just correlate success with wins and losses. You know, it's 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 a process. Everything's a process. You don't just snap a finger and you know, become conference champions. So I think the fans just gotta calm down and I think that they just gotta sit back and relax. That'll never That'll never yeah, happen. Yeah, I know. I know it'll never happen because they're always compared to the success of the Jim Brown days and Donovan McNabb Donovan and them. McNabb, like
0: yeah, yeah.
1: you know, but we've always been like this. You get a couple a couple guys that come in and are special that can change the culture, you know. I mean, think about it. They were calling for Don McPherson's or <laughs> his his head. Yeah. And yeah, then all right. of a sudden you get that you get Donnie Mack, the quarterback, who almost wins, comes in second place in the Heisman, we go to the national champion. Like that's like huge. So, and look what it did. It pushed that program for almost two decades of being ranked, bringing in Don McNabb's NFL players. And that's all it takes sometimes. So I like what I'm seeing. And again, I'm more, I'm more along the fence of being afraid of him getting poached from another team. But right. Um, right. I'm not too worried about the SEC. So I, I would hope to think, and another thing to think about too is the fact that, um, Coda Martin, you know, everything with the Martins, his daughter is married to Cody a Mar- Coda Martin, who's a graduate transfer. And he's going to start on our offensive line from uh, Texas A&M. And his father just happens to be, you know, a pretty well-known, recognized high school football coach who Dino Babers just hired to come to central New York and be his quarterback coach. And then obviously his Coda and Martin, his, his son followed him. He hasn't even seen his
0: his his some of his recruits come to fruition yet. You know what I mean? Still got
1: still. Well, that's the whole point. He still only really had two full years of his recruiting and getting his guys, and you yes. can already see the the freshmen and the retro freshmen that are sitting here. I mean, as far as like the athletes, the fast, skilled position guys, the D backs, the safeties, the receivers, like you see them popping off the screen. And a majority of them that are popping off the screen are redshirt freshmen, true sophomores, true freshmen. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, you're starting to see it. Right. And, again, like I said, it just comes down to having patience. You know, at Syracuse, they gave Dominic McPherson patience, and look what happened. It created a two-decade-long, like, success story.
0: Babers needs to stay. I mean— to, to be successful, I think. No, he's got okay. a six-year contract,
1: and like yeah, I said, he a, just moved. Yeah, well,
0: he had a six-year contract at um, – where was it? Eastern Bowling Illinois? Or
1: Green? Eastern Illinois? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, then, just to throw that in there, that's just his tenure as a head coach. I'm sure there's right, been times yeah, him right, as right, assistants where right. he's been someplace for more than two or three years. No, but I'm,
0: I'm sure, but he's he, a head coach now. so.
1: I just – in my opinion – He's looking at this as a challenge, and the, I think he truly does look at it as, "Oh, I'm in the ACC. We play Clemson, Florida State, Louisville. We play these big name teams like AC. It's just, it's a good place to be right now." And honestly, I mean, Zach, I mean, you know, and it's and it's, but it's but it's his rebuild too. You know, what team wants to? I mean, what coach? I mean, there's a lot of coaches that can go to those teams. You go to an SEC team, they have talent, they have the recruits, and then it's going to be easier for you, easy for you to recruit. You know, he came to a team that was. I mean, pretty far off from a team that he would imagine, and he's just now starting to just get into the the glimpse of it, you know. Right. And to 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 turn away now for money, he doesn't seem like a guy who who yeah, think, is going to chase something for money. Right, he you, seems you, more you like a more prideful kind of yeah. determined guy. You yeah, know. I
0: would agree.
1: I think that he's one of those guys that I mean, personally, to me, I don't know if he. I think I remember hearing something about him saying that he doesn't have any um, ambition to, to coach in the NFL. But, I mean, personally to me, I think he just wants to find a destination, find a place where he can, you know, he's been traveling and moving around for so much. Find a destination, turn it into an elite program, and at minimum, at least leave it at that. Yeah. So
0: Well, we'll just have to wait and see. And um you know, I just thought it was something interesting to to just talk about and let the fans stew on a little bit um
1: yeah, and there's other things that come with him too I mean as far as you said is he's charismatic he's been on ESPN a bunch of times those guys love having him on there because they know he's a good he, interview he knows how to handle you know? the media oh yeah when he when he was uh, um he's had those the viral videos with the you know the upset wins with. With yes. his uh, yep. speeches in the locker room, and he's been on ESPN talking to the other coaches through the um, when they did the national championship stuff. So he's been on there. He's been recognized, and just like this past week, Stephen A. Smith he came up to to Syracuse and visited. And you don't think that 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 Coach Babers being up. That's ESPN as much as he has had anything to do with that. I mean Well, he's switching you know. to the
0: ACC network. I wonder if they had something to do with it.
1: Well, I mean they could have. Uh, I'm not too sure, but He might be going again, to every
0: school, who knows?
1: Right. But still, I mean Stephen A. Smith, he went in and he talked talked to the kids. You know, had some if you good did, speeches.
0: I'm sorry, Joe. But if, no, go ahead. if you have if you haven't seen some of the clips that have been put out of Stephen A. Smith, I think you could probably go to... We should probably try to find him and
1: retweet him, get him on our page so it makes it easier for our guys.
0: We can do that because, I mean, there's nobody like Stephen A. Smith, man. (laughs) See, He's one of those guys that you either love him or hate him. I I, I love him. I love him. I love it when he's... I love it when I disagree with him. I still love the guy. He said some stuff about Derek Carr one time. I'm a Raiders fan. He was talking some trash about Derek Carr one time, and I was just like, you know... I love the guy, but he's wrong. You know, he's one of those guys you just can't hate, in my opinion. That's how I feel about it.
1: This so. is how I would describe him, is you either love him or you hate him, but when he starts to talk, you listen.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Definitely. Like, yeah,
1: definitely. That's, that's kind of how powerful he is as far as being a speaker. Yeah, because he's know what passionate. I mean?
0: It's his passion, dude. And you know, Oh, yeah. He, he gets passionate, and he goes. He's unscripted, and he can go, boy.
1: Oh, yeah, he can go. So, oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, so, I, I mean, I watch him all the time, listen to him all the time. I don't get to watch his show, but I do come home and I do watch uh, watch his his show, you know, first take and, and go back and listen to some of the stuff he has to, to debate Max Kellerman with. Yeah, so. I used
0: to love him tearing Max
1: Kellerman up. That was awesome. Um, no, I like Max Kellerman better than I like Skip. That's for damn sure. Oh, so. without
0: a doubt. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I i but I mean there you know there again, it could be a toss up at certain times, but all right, yeah. so here's here's what we're gonna do. we're gonna come back next episode. Syracuse opens up away from the dome for the first time in quite a while they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna play western michigan august thirty first we're gonna six come, o'clock six o'clock we're gonna come back. Uh, We're going to try to get on here Monday evening to give you a pregame of that. Be just a quick podcast, and maybe we can discuss anything else that pops up between now and then. Uh, So we wanted to do that. You will get a pregame episode for Western Michigan. Also, during that episode, we're going to go over the poll that we put out. I think I'm probably going to put it out tomorrow, and uh, we we will discuss that poll on the preview of Western Michigan. Also... The reviews. ZJS315 gave us a review, and they said, uh, I really have enjoyed watching this show grow and evolve over the past year. I'm always entertained by every conversation. So ZJS315, email us at Cuse Militia. If you want, at, at Cuse Militia. Cuse Militia at com. Not the damn. Er. Yeah, I'm thinking of Twitter. Cuse Do you Militia? want to give them the inf-
1: information or what? I mean. We are just yeah, playing no, games now.
0: Well, he could get a hold of us if he had to. But e- email us <laughs> He or she. He or she. Email us qsmilitia at gmail.com. I got a couple of koozies with your name on them, a couple of beer huggies. Give me your address and I'll send them out to you for the review. And we'll do we'll be doing more of those as well. Also, oh, that's it. That's all I got. What happened to your swag bag? <laughs> we're oh, we're putting those together too. I was trying to get them before football, but I went on vacation, yeah. and then I just I went to Bristol last week for the race, which was awesome.
1: No, oh, so, yes. Um, First world problem. Is, I know. It's
0: terrible. It's terrible. Um. So, but I'll tell you what, it did rain the entire time I was there, except for during, <laughs> except for during the race. So deserve it. <laughs> Thanks. So um, that's it. Look for that, <laughs> Joe. Anything else to wrap up? You good?
1: I am all set, buddy.
0: All right, bro. All right, well, thanks to James on guitar once again. And thanks to Zach for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Later.
1: Thanks. This has been the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. Be heard. Contact us on Facebook at Q's Militia Podcast and tweet at us using hashtag Q's Militia.
0: I can hear you drinking. Cool.